Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Got another one of those stories sent to me by everybody, uh, and it has to do with an emoji being interpreted as having a legal effect. And I did a story a couple years ago out of Israel, I believe, where two parties were in essence negotiating, and they both were using emojis back and forth, and the parties reached an agreement according to a court, and one party, of course, wanted to back out, and the other party said, no, I thought this was a legally binding agreement. So the same thing happens here, but the headline is farmer fined $61,000 for using thumbs up emoji. Uh, I don't like to use the word fined there because this is actually just a calculation of damages. Uh, it's not like, oh, you use an emoji, you'll get fined. No, 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 no. The farmer was negotiating with somebody and sent the emoji, the thumbs up emoji, in response to what the other side said was an offer. So I give you an offer, you accept the offer, we have a contract. And so the other side said, I thought the thumbs up emoji was acceptance of my terms. And a court has said, yes, that is the case. So Nadine Youssef wrote this for the BBC. You may want to rethink the next thumbs up emoji you send as it could be interpreted as a digital signature. And I don't like the way that's phrased. It's not that it was a digital signature. It's that it was treated as an acceptance, an acceptance of an offer made. A farmer in Saskatchewan, Canada, was fined a hefty sum for using the emoji after he sent a contract by text message. Um, one side argued that the emoji was simply sent to acknowledge receipt. Like, yeah, I got what you sent me. Thumbs up. But a judge ruled it amounted to a contractual agreement. He must now pay Canadian $82,000, which would be 61000 U.S., for failing to fulfill the contract that the court found existed because the thumbs up was sent. The matter came to the court after the farmer failed to deliver 86 tons of flax that a grain buyer was looking to purchase in 2021. And when the flax was not delivered, the grain buyer took legal action. The grain buyer now said he spoke with the farmer on the phone about the potential purchase, saying he was looking to buy grain in November of that year. He then texted the farmer a draft of a contract and wrote, please confirm flax contract, not please confirm delivery, please confirm uh, receipt, please confirm flax contract. The farmer responded with a thumbs up and did not deliver the flax by the date specified in the contract had been texted over. Now, the buyer said that he had a long-standing business relationship with the farmer and the farmer had agreed to contracts via text in the past, prompting him to believe that the emoji had sealed the deal. According to his sworn affidavit, the farmer said the thumbs-up emoji simply confirmed I received the contract, and it was not confirmation that I agreed with the terms. In a landmark Court of King's Bench ruling released in June of this year, a justice sided with the buyer. He leaned on a dictionary.com definition of the emoji, which states that it is used to express assent, approval, or encouragement in digital communications. And the judge wrote, I'm not sure how authoritative that is, but this seems to comport with my understanding from my everyday use, even as a latecomer to the world of technology. He added that while a signature is the classic representation of confirming someone's identity, that does not prevent individuals from using modern-day methods like emojis to confirm a contract and that an emoji can be used as a digital signature. This court readily acknowledges that a thumbs-up emoji is a non-traditional means to sign a document, but nevertheless, under these circumstances, this was a valid way to convey 
The two purposes of the signature, one is to identify the signatory and to convey acceptance of the contract. So if I text you something, you, you text something back, uh, unless you call me and say, hey, Steve, my phone has been stolen, I assume that the person sending the text is the same as the person who owns that phone. I understand there can be exceptions, but nobody's raised that argument here. So the judge would agree that this case is novel, at least in Saskatchewan, but nevertheless, this court cannot attempt to stem the tide of technology and common usage, the judge concluded. So a lot of people think that contracts have all kinds of formalities, and without certain formalities, contracts are just null and void on their face. And I actually met somebody once who told me that he had signed a contract left-handed. And he goes, I'm right-handed. So if I sign the contract left-handed, it's not legally binding. And I said, what's the definition of signature? Do you know what it is? And it's any mark that you put down that you intend to be your signature. That's why some people in the old days could sign with an X. Their name is not really X. They're putting a mark on the paper to indicate that they are signing it. And so the fact that the emoji was accepted as an acceptance of a contract is not that crazy. And one thing I'll tell you that I learned in law school is we read all kinds of contract cases. And you, you study about how contracts are formed. And then what happens when argue, arguments were raised about whether or not a contract existed. And one of the most common areas of disputes in contracts is this. Because a farmer is going to plant a bunch of crops this year. And the farmer may not know what those crops are going to sell for when they're harvested. So a farmer can, if he can find a counterpart, take his things to market before they even exist and say, I will deliver so many tons of flax in November at a fixed price if somebody's willing to guarantee me that price. And both sides take a risk, by the way. Because flax prices could skyrocket between now and November. And if they do, the farmer kind of loses out. Flax prices could also plummet, in which case the buyer loses out. However, by having a market that does this, it installs a certain kind of security into the marketplace that makes both sides happy. And at the end of the season, one side may have come out a little ahead or a little behind, that's what futures trading is all about. But it's something that they can do because the farmer can say, I'm going to plant the stuff, I'm going to harvest the stuff and sell it, and the price that I'm selling it for is enough for me to make a profit. Okay, And so what often happens in this arena, and it's not just farm goods, it can be things like petroleum uh, or coal or salt or anything that has a future delivery date. Okay, So commodities prices do this. This is the international symbol for fluctuate. If you can get an emoji to do this, it'll be recognized by the Saskatchewan courts as the official emoji of fluctuation. <laughs> so what always happens, and it happens all the time, is I'm a buyer of flax, and I want 71 tons of flax this upcoming November. And I found somebody who says, I'll sell you that flax in November at this price. The price they cite sounds good. So we strike a bargain and agree to do that. And November comes around and the price of flax has skyrocketed, skyrocketed. And there are people 
running around knocking on doors going, do you have flax to sell? We, we're desperate. We'll pay anything for flax. We'll pay, we'll pay double what that other guy's going to pay you. And some people go, oh, really? Hey, guess what? I don't really have a contract to sell that. Guess what happens if the price of flax plummets? The price of flax plummets. Well, then the buyer wants out. And the buyer says, oh, con- contract with you to buy what now? Why would I want 71 tons of flax? I don't even know what flax is. Flax? Are you pronouncing that word properly? Is that plural for German anti-aircraft guns? What are you talking about? <laughs> we had a contract. We had an agreement. We've done this every single year. Ah, uh, did we? Who are you again? My memory's not so good. <laughs> so it happens. And courts address this all the time. So the only thing unique about this situation is the fact that the acceptance of the terms was done with an emoji. That's it. And I don't think that's that crazy. I saw another version of this story where the buyer said specifically that he had had agreements with the seller in the past where he had sent a contract and the guy wrote back and said, yep, yep. And they wound up consummating that contract down the road based on the fact that there was an offer and a yip in response. Either yip or yup, I forgot. But the point is <laughs> that it was not, I formally accept your proposed contract, therefore binding myself legally, my, myself and my heirs. No, no one, <laughs> very few people do that, and it's not necessary to create a binding contract. So you may have heard there are situations where a handshake can create a contract. Uh, There are some exceptions to that now with the statute of frauds. I'm not going to get into that. But I can tell you that many, many contracts are done about as informally as this one, informally as this one. And it's just that this was with an emoji, and a court has said specifically that the thumbs-up emoji can be legally binding. So the headline with the BBC was, Farmer fined $61,000 for using a thumbs-up emoji. I believe that was how the court calculated the costs of the damages or the loss that the buyer suffered by the seller's breach. So Nadine Youssef wrote this, and everyone sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Mornings would be much better if they came later in the day.